Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Down the blind, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score! Elba will score! Newcastle and won! G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Earlier today we went through the Sydney Roosters 2022 season, our review of that on whether it was a success or a failure, and today we're going to get stuck into the Melbourne Storm, and I have some pretty interesting stats for you guys. So if you'd like to listen to the Sydney Roosters one, one of the teams eliminated this weekend, jump back to the last podcast, the Melbourne Storm one, will kick off in just a second. If you would like to buy some Rugby League Guru merchandise, go to rugbyleagueguru.com.au. We've got the hats and the t-shirts for 2022 they will not be resold once again they are selling out pretty quick not a heap left so if you would like to grab one go in there and grab them t-shirts 39.95 hats 29.95 with all of your postage included there so make sure you go to rugbyleagueguru.com.au to grab those if you'd like to support what i'm doing or if you just want to wear them around at the footy and whatnot they're available there right now all right let's get into the melbourne storm season review. Was it a success or a failure? We will talk about that. They finished in fifth place, which by Melbourne Storm standards, pretty disappointing. It's the first time that this franchise has missed the top four since 2014. So it has almost been a decade since they missed the top four. They finished fifth here. And since the salary cap drama of 2010, so what's that, 13, 14 years, whatever it might be, they have only missed the top four on three occasions. This was the third time. So finishing fifth by Melbourne Storm standards, by Craig Bellamy standards, definitely not good enough. Obviously, a lot of factors that went into it, which we will talk about soon. But a couple of things to go through here. So when you have a look at their attack, their attack this year was pretty good over the whole season. They averaged 27 points across the year, uh, which was actually the same as the Penrith Panthers. So pretty impressive. Their defense, uh, they conceded on average 17 points per game. You compare them to the Penrith Panthers, who are the benchmark at the moment. They were conceding 13 so about four points or so. So uh, over a whole season, that all builds up. There's no doubt about that, but not too bad. I think they're slight, their defense slightly better uh, than the Sydney Roosters. So they're overall, on average, they're sort of winning their games by a margin of 10 points across the entire season. But here are some pretty damning stats for you. 
Now, during the season, they obviously had a couple of big wins against teams at the bottom of the ladder. They did sort of stat pad all of their numbers a little bit with those wins. So uh, they had a 44-0 win over the Canterbury Bulldogs the week after that. And this all happened in the same month, actually. 44-0 over the Canterbury Bulldogs. Um, 70-10 over the New Zealand Warriors. 50-2 against the Newcastle Knights. And then 42-6 over the Dragons. So they absolutely gave it to those four teams, conceding just 18 points across four weeks and scoring just about 200. Did they get to 200? Probably about 180, 190. Haven't done the maths just yet, but pretty close to 200 points across those weeks, which is unbelievable. No, they actually would have got to 200. Sorry. Yeah, 200 points to about 18 points over those few weeks. So over that month, obviously that skews the stats a little bit. It should be noted that after those four weeks, they had two games against top four teams, the Penrith Panthers and North Queensland Cowboys. They lost to the Panthers 32 to 6. Then they lost to the Cowboys 36 to 6. So a bit of a reality check after those that month of just monster scores against the bottom teams and absolutely giving it to them. Now that leads me to my next point. The Melbourne Storm this year, they finished in fifth place. As we said, not a train wreck, not great by Melbourne Storm standards, though. They definitely would like to be better than that. I don't think there's any pushback on that. So they finished the season with a record of 15 and 9. 15 wins, 9 losses. Now, throughout the season... They had seven games against the top four teams at the end of the year. So the Penrith Panthers, the Cronulla Sharks, the North Queensland Cowboys, and the Parramatta Eels. Now, across those games, seven games, they only won two of them. They only won two of those games. Their top four, their games against the top four teams this year, they lost to Parramatta 28-24. They won against the Sharkies earlier in the season, 34-18. They lost to the Panthers, 32-6. They lost to the Cows, 36-6. They lost to the Sharks, 28-6. They beat the Penrith Panthers, 16-0. And then they lost to the Eels in the last round, 22-14. So some pretty damning numbers there. Now, over the season, as we said, they averaged 27 points per game across the season. Against top four teams, they averaged 15, so two less tries per game. Here's a scary one, though. In defense, they were averaging 17 points per game across the entire year, so they were conceding, on average, 17 points. Against the top four teams, they were conceding 23 points. So pretty wild there that they are scoring 12 less points in attack against top four teams, and they are conceding a good six more points. So pretty scary there with a record of two and five against the top four teams. When you have a look over the entire season, when you average it out like the margins and everything, they ended up winning games by a margin of 10 points. When you look at the top four teams, they averaged out a loss by eight points. So it's an 18-point swing versus the entire competition and then versus the top four teams, which is pretty scary. You want your Melbourne Storm, traditionally they get up for the very big games, those top four games. So pretty damning stats there that I don't think too many people have spoken about this season. There are some that are origin affected, all that sort of stuff. But I mean, the Penrith Panthers one was obviously a lot of guys out for the Penrith Panthers as well. Uh, So there's a lot to take in there, but those numbers are pretty telling. And when the Melbourne Storm have been at their best over the last 15 years, whether it be origin, injury, whatever, it has not mattered. They always stand and deliver. So some pretty uh, damning numbers there for the Melbourne Storm that is a bit of a worry. Obviously, when you look at their season as a whole, where they sit on the ladder, their points for and against, it's not a train wreck. But then when you look at how they went against the top four teams, it is very, very alarming. And I'm sure it is something that Craig Bellamy will identify. 
a record of two and five against the top four teams is simply not good enough, especially when the Melbourne Storm are not one of those top four teams. And they were fifth, so they were just off the boil there. But when you look at those numbers, that's pretty telling. And when you look at those big wins where they scored 200 points in four weeks, I mean, if you average that back down to you know, your 20 points, your 30 points a week as it was for the rest of the season or 27, uh, all of a sudden their numbers over the entire year look very, very different. Obviously, everyone plays the teams at the bottom and whatnot. I understand that. But with the Melbourne Storm, when they're trying to win a premiership every single year, you need to think about these sorts of things. Where did it go wrong for the Melbourne Storm? I think it's fair to say that injuries cost them pretty badly. Obviously, losing Christian Welsh in the preseason was a massive one. A heap of distractions this year as well. Obviously, the Bromwich boys leaving, Feliska Fusi leaving. The Cameron Munster saga has dragged on the entire year, and I don't think the Melbourne Storm have probably handled distractions as well this year as what they have in the past. Normally, you don't hear anything about them. As I said, we had all those ones. The preseason, Brandon Smith signed with the Sydney Roosters, did the interview as well, which was pretty telling over that period of time that got a lot of media attention and didn't really shine the Melbourne Storm in the greatest light, I guess, um, especially from being a player that's within their own four walls. Uh, so, a lot of distractions that went on for the Melbourne Storm this year. You then had the two injuries to Ryan Pappenhausen. Uh, he obviously went down earlier in the season, missed about eight or nine weeks, I think it was. Then came back and against the Canberra Raiders, I think it was a shattered kneecap and they lost him for the rest of the season, which caused huge, huge dramas. Um, obviously, they had to shift Nick Meaney into the side. They fucked around with Munster at fullback, which I was all for. And I think that if it wasn't for Cam Munster this year and the incredible form that he showed, the Melbourne Storm, they could have found themselves in some serious, serious trouble. But no doubt about it, the injuries did cost them. Christian Welsh was a massive one in the front row. It sort of forced Nelson Asafa-Solomona to turn into a number one guy in the front row when I think personally he's better off being a number two guy. It forced Tui Kamakamika to play bigger minutes than what we thought. Josh King, he was a huge get for them this year. He was fantastic, but once again... Not really of the level of Christian Welsh, obviously. Uh, and he probably didn't absolutely excel like we expected him to based on the history of front rowers in Melbourne. But he was incredibly solid. He was just what they needed. But they did lack that little bit of upside in the pack. I think it's fair to say that your Bromwich boys, Felice Cafusi, all a year older. Uh, body's starting to slow down a little bit. And I think you could definitely see it this year with the Melbourne Storm. And as we said, if it wasn't for Cam Munster, I don't know where they would have finished this year. Harry Grant had a good season. Jerome Hughes. Hughes was fantastic. He missed a bit of footy here and there, but nothing massive. Uh, but it was just once they lost Ryan Pappenhausen, they didn't have the Scott Drinkwater, the Nico Hines, the Ryan Pappenhausen, the young guy that's going to be the next superstar in rugby league that was able to come in and fill that role, which they have over the last few years. And it was the same in the forward pack. They didn't really have that guy to come in and fill that role. I think it's fair to say that Dale Finucane was a massive loss, as was Nico Hines. You'd have to think that if Nico Hines was still at the Melbourne Storm in 2022, and when Pappy went down, he jumped into fullback. I personally think they do finish in the top four, and I personally think they've either got a week off this weekend or they're at least playing this weekend. I don't think there's a world where if Nico Hines is in that side, they would have gone out last week. So... Pretty wild how it played out. Dalvin Newcomb was a massive loss as well. We already we already touched on him, but he was a huge one. Going into next season, though, what does it mean for the Melbourne Storm? Well, it's tough. You lose Brandon Smith. Uh, he's your best energy. He's your best 
Um, you know, you know, the other one they lost to was Josh Adokar, who had a huge impact as well, especially when you started having injuries in the outside backs like Remus Smith and stuff. Losing Fox was a big one. They got an Offaluma at the back end of the season, uh, but I don't think he was ready to fall straight into that system. So the losses of Nico Hines, Josh Adokar, Dale Finucane, very big ones. Next season, they lose Brandon Smith, who is their best momentum man through the middle. It is going to be a huge loss. They'll feel it even more if there's an injury to Harry Grant or when Harry Grant goes to play Origin. They will be without an established nine during that period. But this forward pack is going to look completely different. You look at the pack that started for them in that last game. It featured Felice Cafusi. It Sorry, Felice Cafusi came off the bench, but it featured Brandon Smith, uh, Kenny Bromwich, Jesse Bromwich. They've got to replace all four of those guys in their pack. And I look at their back rowers that played a bit of footy this year. None of them really stand out to me to be the next big thing as far as back rowers go in Melbourne. So it'll be interesting. They have got Jack Howarth up there, who I assume will come into this side. He didn't play any first-grade rugby league this year. He hasn't played any yet in his career. So it's going to be a massive test when he comes through. Trent Lawyer, these sort of guys, Chris Lewis on the bench, they're handy. Um, but... I mean, you look at the game on the weekend against the Canberra Raiders, their season was on the line, and these guys played 14 and 13 minutes, respectfully, of whatever it was. Um, they obviously don't trust them as guys to take them into the future at the moment. Tariq Sims will arrive, which will be fantastic. We've seen in the Origin Arena what he's capable of. He has slowed down over the last few years as well, though. There is no doubting that and no pushing back on that. Hopefully, Bellamy can get the very best out of him. Christian Welsh will come back, but I believe it was an Achilles injury, so we really don't know uh, how Christian Welsh will bounce back from that one. I'm looking forward to talking to the NRL physio, Brian, about how he will come back. It'll be interesting, obviously, for a big fella. I imagine an Achilles injury is far from ideal. So the Melbourne Storm heading into next year, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm a little bit worried. I don't think the distractions are going to stop. Cameron Munster, he comes off contract November 1st. I don't think he'll make a decision until after the World Cup. He might not even make a decision at that point. So this could drag on for quite some time. And if I'm Braithen Asta, his manager, I'm letting it drag on as long as I possibly can. The longer that Cameron Munster spends on the footy field, the more people are bickering over him, the more his price goes up. So interesting times for the Melbourne Storm. The silver lining, they did manage to re-sign a lot of guys this year. Your Xavier Coates, your Harry Grants, uh, your Jerome Hughes, all those five guys they now on the one day via eight fucking platforms. So plenty of positives to come for the Melbourne Storms. But for me, I am... I just called them the Melbourne Storms. Good God, that's worrying. Plenty of positives for the Melbourne Storm. But I am a little bit worried about what that pack is going to look like next year. How the distraction of Cameron Munster is going to go. If Munster does leave, they will have a bit of money free as well that they can hopefully go and chase a big forward. But I am expecting that come November 1st, when guys are able to negotiate, I think there's going to be a lot more chat about Cam Munster. But I also think it'll give a really good opportunity for the Melbourne Storm to go out and find a real gun somewhere else, potentially a Nathan Brown to come down there. I'm sure they'll have a look at Matt Lodge as well. He's going to be off contract. So they probably need to make one big, big signing in their forward pack. I think they are capable of doing it as well. You'll also have a number of guys in the Melbourne Storm who will go away on the World Cup. And I think... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. 
you will have Craig Bellamy over there. Uh, well, sorry, he'll be instructing his guys when he's over there that there might be a couple of guys to get in the ears of to hopefully convince them to come over. This is where a lot of signings and the momentum of a lot of guys starts to happen on these tours and, and away on rep camps and guys are talking to each other and whatnot. I remember we had uh, Clinton Torpy on the podcast. And he spoke about a time when he was playing the Kangaroos and they were at Coogee, the New Zealand side, and they were staying at the hotel there and he was at the breakfast bar making himself toast and Andrew Johns just walked up behind him and just said quietly to him, you should come and play for the Newcastle Knights next year. And before he turned around to say anything, Joey had, had already disappeared. He was just planting the seed. And then, of course, a couple of weeks later, his manager reached out to him with an offer from the Newcastle Knights. Didn't eventuate, but those are the sort of things that can happen in these representative camps. There is a lot of talk about the future and where play are and different coaches and everything and there's no doubt in my mind whatsoever that Craig Bellamy he will be sending some of his rep guys uh, to talk to other guys in these camps because they will be looking to sign a big fish especially in the forward pack to partner Nass and Christian Welsh there so look 2022 you would have to consider it a failure for the Melbourne Storm first time they've missed the top four in about 10 years which is unbelievable um, their attack and their defense overall really good but when you actually put the microscope down on the them versus the top four teams, which is where the Melbourne Storm want to be and who they want to compare themselves against. A pretty poor season overall. A record of two and five versus top four teams. They averaged 15 points per game against the top four teams and they conceded uh, 23 points per game against those sides. So very, very worrying. Something that they've got to sort out before the season kicks off next year. They will get Pappy back as well, which will make a huge, huge difference to this side. Him and Christian Walsh coming back will be massive, but I am expecting them to make some big signings over the next couple of months. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 